Hello. Welcome to Salem the Podcast. We are your hosts and favorite Salem tour guides. My name is Sarah Black. And I'm Jeffrey Lilly. And today we've got another special October episode for you, but this is just like the preface to it. We actually sat down with another one of our favorite people in town to talk about some movie monsters. So James Lurgio is the owner, proprietor, curator, curator. I was going to say decorator and I'm like, that's not quite right. Founder (laughs) of uh, Count Orlock's Nightmare Museum. Definitely a favorite among locals and visitors alike, and we had the pleasure of sitting down and chatting with him. But of course, you all know that we've got some pretty crazy, busy October schedules, so we did this about a month ago, but we did want to touch base and kind of round out this whole pop culture series that we've been putting together for you. Of course, we had pop culture part one, pop culture part two. We just gave you our very critical overview of Hocus (laughs) Hocus Pocus Pocus 2. Which could be like a part three-ish. So this is like a part four-ish because, of course, he runs the Monster Museum. So pretty much any monster movie that you've seen, uh, he has a a, a prop, a mannequin, not wax, uh, of, and and that's what, what, what his shtick is. Uh, and I'm sure many of you have, have gone to see it. If you haven't, it's one of my top recommend. Like, oh, what should I do while you're here? Like, go check out Counter Locks Nightmare Museum. It's amazing. And we also got to record this in his secret private vault. So brand new to Count Orlock's Nightmare Gallery is this, I don't even know what to call it. Well, so, so he actually has a private tour of it. So if you're coming, uh, so they do close for the season, but if you're coming the next couple of weeks, I think there's, I asked him the other day, he's definitely doing Fridays, uh, sorry, definitely doing Saturdays as well as uh, Fridays and sa- and Sundays, right? Did I get all that right? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There you go. So this room is filled with a lot of occult items, uh, oddities. I think we counted over 10 skulls, like human skulls down there. torture devices. Some of the vampire hunting equipment that we mentioned back in the interview episode with Ben and Lex. James purchased some of that. So if you want to see it up close and personal. It is called the Lifting the Coffin Lid, the Owner's Tour. Uh, And you can get tickets for that on the Nightmare Museum Gallery uh, website. And I'm just going to throw this out there before we forget. He has a very particular way of ticketing during October. So you want to buy your tickets in advance and you will get a time slot. And so you're always going to walk by and see a line outside of Count Orlocks, but it's those people that have already bought tickets and mm. they fall within that time slot. It's just an easier way to kind of manage the crowds, but that means buy your tickets ahead of time 100%. You don't want to miss out when you come here. Absolutely. So we've got two things on the agenda before thing. before we jump into our interview with him. She's got a list. So yeah, this time I got a list. <laughs> you had a list last time. Don't worry, these are not, actually, one of them is a critique. <gasps> we had asked our listeners to kind of write in and uh, chat with us, get some responses about pop mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. And we did hear from a Sean Connor, so thank you for this, uh, pointing out two things that we totally missed. Now, one of them I had seen references to, but I'll admit that I haven't seen the movie in a very long time, so I was hesitant to include it. 
Have you ever seen Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost? Oh, no, I have not. You've I, never seen that? I don't think so. I was never a big Scooby-Doo fan. I. Oh, my God. Maybe, We're going to have to watch it. Maybe a little it's after a, my time. It's a fabulous movie. I'm a huge, like, cartoon nerd. Uh, but no, that that's never... Ne- I, I seem like I used to watch some Scooby-Doo and it was like, I never, it just never appealed to me. This one's like genuinely scary. It has, okay. if I recall correctly, it has like an actual ghost, like an actual curse. And the town is very, uh, it seems to be based off of Salem. So I just want to read his quick little note here. First of all, A plus on the title, but it definitely seems like the town is based off of Salem. And the songs by the Hex Girls are total bangers, which You've got to know who the Hex Girls are. I hope you do. I'm staring at you blankly. You're killing me, dude. You will enjoy this, I promise. We will have a movie night, and you will enjoy it. In November. And then I'll make you rate it. (laughs) Okay. Follow. Hold us to it. Follow up in November. Uh, I will watch this this Scooby-Doo movie and and rate it. Uh, The same way we rated Hocus Pocus. Exactly. Out of 13 witch hats. I love it. That's the new thing. We're going to make it a thing. It's a thing. Now, this one, I will admit, I don't think I've ever seen this episode before, but you may have. He says, I don't remember the year, but back in the late 2000s, Guy Fieri and his diners, drive-ins, and dives show came here to profile the lobster shanty. The shanty, yes. Yep. Yep, yep. I remember it being a huge deal at the time, and Cinema Salem even hosted a screening of the episode. It's pretty fun and features Guy being weirded out by the lobster martini. But he, as, as well he should be? Yes. If you don't know, it's got a little bit of lobster juice worked into it. And, and, and it, the claw? A full-blown lobster claw yeah, hanging I, I out the did, side. Did we talk about that when we talked about the, uh, the, the sandwich? Maybe, maybe not. I don't think that we've ever talked about the lobster teeny. I feel like we might have. Like, it's one of those things that you're like, oh, what's like the the Salem local thing? And I was like, get, well, now you can't get the the Salem local, the the sandwich, the chopped suey sandwich anymore. But I'd be like, if you want like what locals do, get that and get a lobster martini. I don't think any locals do that. (laughs) No, I don't think so either. But that's what I But that's one of those things. That's one of those things you bring them and then you get to watch their face when they have to drink it. Yeah. I think I had a sip, so I'm not a big martini person anyway, uh, but I had a sip once. We went with uh, my, my roommate's cousin, and uh, you know she's like, we just have to get it. And I was like, I'll give it a try. Love, I love lobster. Uh, I can't imagine it inside of an alcoholic beverage, you know though. what? You know what? Maybe we'll go. See if we can film it. And, oh, okay. God. <laughs> Just like the chop suey sandwiches? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Deal. Okay. We can split one. I don't want a whole one to myself. How, how do we cheers? Oh, okay. Fine. <laughs> God, that sounds horrible. I hope the lobster claw actually has the meat still in it so like I can eat it afterwards, but oh, we'll I'm, see. Now, now in my head, I'm doing that face that you made in the picture. <laughs> People love the picture, by the I way. I know. I knew. I know. You see Vamp Fangs reposted it? Yep. Now <laughs> everyone can see it. That's you forever. I love it. All right. Next and last thing on the agenda. Pertaining to pop culture. And. I mean, I've got another thing, so. I want, I wonder if this is, if we have the same thing, but we'll see. Remember in the previous episode, Pop Culture Part 2, I mentioned that the creator of Hocus Pocus, David Krishner, 
desired to see a six-foot bronze statue of the three Sanderson sisters <laughs> and would particularly like to see it across the street from the Bewitched statue. Yeah. And for me, that was just like a stab in the heart. Well, he doesn't know any better. I know, I know. I know. I know. We talk about this a lot. We are this weird mixture of commercialized tourism, and yet it is all founded in this dark history. I am privy to some information that made me feel like this has basically happened. Is, is this anything top secret or classified that we probably shouldn't be talking about? So, Are there documents? I mean, we didn't sign any non-disclosure agreements, and I did not hear this from anyone who signed a non-disclosure agreement. And there is a reel on Instagram that's going somewhat viral. So like, and you can see it in there for confirmation and it doesn't take that long to do some digging and they are going to be opening up reservations the day after this episode drops. So I'm sure that the location will be out there for everyone to know about. Do you know where they put the Hocus Pocus Airbnb? Oh, no, I do not. It is the replica meeting house on the Rebecca Nurse Homestead. And I have so many feelings about this. Yep. I'm, I'm digesting. See, see how much of this long pause you cut out. I also cut out, just FYI to you, we had had a discussion in the Hocus Pocus review episode about, you know, we were speculating where this could be. And who was putting it together. And I ended up cutting that out just because the episode was a little long. So we have not talked about the Airbnb on the podcast at all yet, at least to our listeners. So basically. Thank you for, I was going to listen today. It's my day off. Uh, Oh, okay. So uh, (laughs) why could have at least prefaced like a little bit. I wanted, like I wanted your, heads up. I, I wanted I your you. reaction. Okay. I um, want your genuine raw reaction to this. Well, I can't remember what I said before, which was like three days ago, but it was like midnight when we were recording. So for those of you who don't know, and you've probably seen it, I, I started to see advertising for it. Just yeah. It's on, on all my, over. Yeah. Uh, someone made a mockery. Uh, sorry, a, a mock-up of the uh, Hocus or the Sanderson sisters' house in in Hocus Pocus, um, and it like the outside, and like we get a lot of themed Airbnbs, and there's a Harry Potter Airbnb somewhere in Salem, yeah, uh, but it's not the exterior. So the exterior has all the vines and the 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 wood and the paneling, and the inside there's a cauldron, there's lights, and there's I guess a water wheel. Yeah, I guess you can stay there. I think I said it's not in Salem. I know it's not in Salem. We didn't know where it was. I think you uh, you suggest you said that it was in Danvers. Like we had yeah. heard that it was in Danvers, and we weren't sure like what exactly was behind it all. And we talked about maybe wanting to get in and like talk to the people about why they put it together. But as again, again, all of this was cut out just because the episode where do you was stay? long. There's no bathroom. That's what you're concerned about, God. Well, like, I, like, like, hold on, hold on. Like, logistics of it. Yeah, I've thought about that, too. I bet there's maybe an outhouse behind it. There, there, there's no cooking. It's not an Airbnb. You can't. It's just a, there, there's no kitchen and there's no bathroom. And I mean, you don't need, like, a TV and entertainment and Wi-Fi. I'm but. sure there's got to be some somewhere on the property. They've got to do some. They've got to have something. M- maybe in the office. Like, right. it's just the next door. But, like, imagine on a day like today when it's 
horrible, miserable, and rainy, and you're staying in the Airbnb, and you're like, oh, I need to pee real quick. I'm going to put my shoes on to trudge out through the mud. I mean, I guess that's, like, <laughs> historically accurate or something. That Why? Who? Okay. So other than there are no facilities that, that you would want, one then the luxuries of an Airbnb is to have, like, a private... You, 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 you have a, a little cook place. You have uh-huh. a, a TV. You have a couch. You can hang out. So they have none of that. So that's dumb, in my opinion. It is, oh, it is a replica. It was the original. On the property, right next to the house. So On the same property as the burial ground. The only place that we can actually visit to see to, to pay tribute to these individuals knowing that their bodies are there. The only place, the only home of a victim that is still standing, and it's right next to it. This I, I have less of a problem with that. Built on a fictional story with fictional witches on the grounds of the only remaining victim's home out of all the places that you could put it. So I, I have a slightly less of a problem with that. Um because it's a replica but like you you and i both talked about how like when we went into it like oh i don't know if i'd want to have a party here or get married here or anything no let's turn it into a fake witch's cottage based off of a movie yeah all i gotta say is there better be a freaking history lesson included in it like i hope they take them on a tour of the actual property so they can learn that no there were never any witches in salem so, and I, I, I don't, I'd have to like, I don't know if I can wander through this problem I had out loud, but I, I, excuse me, I mentioned on, on my night tour. So I stop at the bearing point, right? And, you know, I talk about some interesting things in there, some fun stories in there, the, the sea retention wall, uh, the, the Grimshaw house or all the stuff there. Um, and... <clears throat> then I mentioned how that, and we, we mentioned that the, the tree before that likely stood there during the trials. And I talk about how uh, some of the magistrates are buried there. Uh, Giles Corey's first wife, uh, Cotton Mather's brother. So in all likelihood, those people wandered through there and they wandered through there having it not look much different than it does today. They probably wandered on the streets we walk and stood in the places that we stood, but very little of what they would have seen around them would have been the same, right? Right. Like development. Right. Time has passed. Time has passed. Exactly. Um, but that, so that, so the, the land that, that these people existed on is still here. It just looks different. Right. Uh-huh. Um, but when you stand in the bearing point, I always find it weird. And you're like, you look over and you're like, well, that's a Mexican joint. And that's a, <laughs> the wax, the witch village wax museum, right? You know, that all that. Oh yeah. That's, uh, if anything, out of all the places in our, our little downtown area, it's probably the best display of our dichotomy. Like you've got this yeah, memorialization yeah, yeah. right next to a place that's shooting out fake smoke yeah, and slinging hot dogs. Yeah, there's like, the stockade right there. You can right. get a picture in the stockade and then, you know, walk 10 feet next to it to the memorial. And if you walk 10 feet past that, you're standing next to the grave of the judge. And it's a, it's all, but I find the, 
the, the, the bearing point itself has remained mostly unchanged. Uh-huh. And I always like that. You're like, it's, it helps to have that there and, and try to remember that. Um, <clears throat> so I'm doing here is trying to draw that, that correlation between like the nurse homestead a has changed, but like for all intents purposes, it, it, it hasn't. So now we have that same juxtaposition. Like on, extreme juxtaposition. Right there. And I don't know where I draw the line of saying like, no. It's too much. And because it's everywhere. Right. And like we can't escape it. And I get also that Danvers doesn't really get as big of a piece of the pie when it comes to like which tourism, which try trial. try and tell people. Like go over there. Go check out Danvers. Go to the... Uh, memorial, go to the, the Rebecca Nurse Homestead. And I think it is picking up quite a bit. And I will say this, I, I worked for a small museum. Yeah. A very small museum that was operating solely off of donations at that point and benefactors. I get that, like, you need to bring in some type of revenue. For instance, I was working at the Public Health Museum and they often will loan out a lot of their artifacts as props in TV shows yep, and in movies because yep. they generate money. They even donated their space. Like people came in and filmed a bit for uh, some of the Castle Rock episodes, yeah. first, first season. all over the town here. Yeah, Tewksbury yeah. State Hospital. That's where I was at. Yeah. But, and, and I get that, that you need to bring in a good amount of money. I know Airbnb is the one that's like bringing this to life. I just... A, really hope that the Rebecca Nurse Homestead is able to like provide them with some type of historical context or tour. And B, I hope that they are walking away with a good chunk of that money that can be then put back into the education at that location. I, I agree. And it's one of these weird things that that's just like, without, without funds, places die, right? right. Like it, it's just... And, and, and then like, we would lose all of it. Like, like Pioneer Village. Um, like, can you imagine if, if they put that down there? Like, like the revenue we would have seen from that? Yeah. And Dude, I'd be less, I'd be more inclined <laughs> to put it down there than I would on Rebecca Nurse's right, right. land. It's all, it was always someone's land. Oh, and I will say this. And I'll show you the, the real afterwards. There, the, the one that I referenced a couple minutes ago. There's this woman who's a descendant of Rebecca Nurse. Like there, are, you know, there's so many out there. Ten times great granddaughter. She came to Salem, and she visited in October. I don't, I couldn't tell from her post if it was her first time. But I, I always tell people, if this is your first time, I hope you're ready for this because this is not what we you're look not, like. You're not ready. No, you're probably not ready. Yeah. If you want just a small seaside historical experience, come. One of the other 11 months of the year, come in June, come in July, come in early September. She, in her post, talks about how it was just, it felt like Disney World, um, almost mockery of the actual history and too much hocus pocus. She literally used, I think she used the word hocus pocus, but the video itself is of the Rebecca Nurse Homestead because she she had gone to pay tribute to her ancestor and she said she felt way more connected to that space 
in the freaking background, you can see the Hocus Pocus Airbnb. And I'm like, dude, you have no, I don't know if she knew what that was. Cause it looks like they've got part of it covered up, which I figured they would, but it's like, oh no, no, no. It has seeped into every single crevice now. So I guess at the end of the day, I, we can only hope for two things that the Rebecca nurse homestead is getting uh, a, a financial bump for their facilities uh, so that we can keep that as an important historical location. And anyone who comes and stays at the Airbnb learns where they actually are. And I, I would say that probably those two things are happening. Um, I will also personally say they hope they have somewhere to comfortably <laughs> sleep and use the bathroom. <laughs> oh, all right. There's my rant. That's done. Now we know we can go down and see it if we want to drive to Danvers. In Sa- I don't want to drive anywhere in Salem. I know. Terrible. It's not worth it. I think it would just make me mad. Uh, if anything, I just want to talk to one of the people, be like, <laughs> explain this to me. I need know? to know more. Do you know where you are? <laughs> so one one last thing before we jump into Count Orlock's Nightmare Museum, having to do with Hocus Pocus 2 again. So we're, we're bringing it back and, and, and watch how we went from uh, pop culture to Hocus Pocus to Hocus Pocus 2. And now I'm going to tie it in to the interview that we're going to have Great transition. Thank you. So uh, several local businesses uh, in Salem were asked if uh, they wanted to use their advertising and their design, their business logos in Hocus Pocus 2. So as we mentioned, none of Hocus Pocus 2 was filmed in Salem, but there are several businesses that were featured in the film. To make it look like Salem. Right. And during the filming, uh, there was the impression given, and I guess so obviously... No one knows what the final cut's going to look like. But there was the impression given that a lot of these places were going to be sort of featured isn't necessarily the right word, but they would be seen more than they ended up being seen. Uh, So if you've got a keen eye, you can watch the movie Hocus Pocus. Excuse me. Uh, Odd Meter Coffee is in there that they get featured real quickly, prominently. Uh, Plant Witch is in there. Oh, I I missed that one. Uh, uh, Salem Five Bank in a few places. I saw Omen. Omen. Salem News. They had Salem the News. exact like Salem yep. News, yep. you know, uh, paper dispensers that you see around town. It's kind of cool. Yep. Uh, and they also used uh, my business. Uh-huh. So I got a little advertising on the side of the trolley. And they also used my business in reshoots. They built me a whole storefront that said Salem Walking Tours, btftours.com. They had my face, whole thing. That never made it in there. Uh, next to that, though, they did the same thing pretty much for Count Orlocks. So he also had, or would have had, a whole uh, design uh, feature as well. He is also noted on the side of the trolley. So uh, if, if you, you look closely, you should be able to spot him. Yep. I know he's got a, a sign hanging off the, uh, is it a sign that's hanging off yep. the building? And then he's like towards the front of the trolley. Yes. Yep. So you, you should, if you got a keen eye, you should be able to spot those. Um, but, and I, so as him and I were both in the, in the film, we've, you, and there's a few other people and you've been taught, Oh, what are we going to see? What's it going to look like? And again, you don't know what the final cut's going to look like, but we were sort of led to believe during filming uh, last year that like, like, Holy shit, you guys are on the trolley. The trolley's like in the movie. The trolley is like, like they're on the trolley, they're off Which the trolley. Which I think it is. I But like 
from what we were told, it was almost like like an additional character. Uh-huh. Like it was far, it, there's like a small scene or two in it. And like, you know how in the beginning he sort of like, oh, and they're like, oh, we're not going to do the trolley again. I guess, and I don't, again, I, I don't know. But from what the original shooting seemed to entail, that there was a lot more that would have featured the businesses that were on the trolley. So we were like, oh, heck yeah, this is going to be great. And I, uh, I think y'all should just be very excited to be <laughs> in it at all. Yeah, so we are, we are in it. That's pretty exciting. So if you if you see that and you see Counterlock's Nightmare Gallery and Hocus Pocus 2 and you're curious as to what that entails, well, we're going to sit down with James and talk about that. Right now. Hello. 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 Oh. <laughs> That's going in bloopers. Perfect. I love it. Today we are joined by a, a special guest here in Salem, the owner of Count Orlock's Nightmare Gallery, James Lurgio. Hello, James. Hello. Hello. How are you? We are. I'm I'm pretty good. I'm good. A little hot. Well, yes. This episode Yes, this yeah. episode is dropping in October, spooky season, seeing as you run quite a spooky space in here. But alas, we are still in the dead of summer and it is 95 degrees. We're, we're getting all our ducks in a row for, for the spooky season as we're going to be very busy, which means uh, some legwork beforehand, which means recording in 98 degree weather. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love unpleasant. it. But it's nice and cool. It's cool down here. It is. It's in like a tomb. In this basement tomb in mm. Count Orlocks. Yes. This is um This is probably one of the neatest spaces I have been in in town and that is saying something because we all know there's quite a few awesome curated spots like this. So, well done. Thanks. Thank you very much. So, we are in the basement of Count Orlocks, which looks like a vault. Yes. Yes. So, there's two large walk-in vaults here uh, at the museum. And one is directly above us where the movie is playing and we've got several characters on display. And the other one is directly below that, which is where we are. And uh, this is, I don't know what they kept in here, but it was very different looking from when uh, from when we originally moved in. I, if this is what it looked like when you moved in, I'd be... <laughs> <laughs> it was very, very, very boring. It was white walls and it was uh, blue carpet halfway up the wall. And it was uh, hanging fluorescent lights, uh, and there was a large 1940s, probably era, um, large shelving unit along that side that kept, God knows what, large things. I wanted to say bundles of money, but I have no idea. Definitely not skulls. Not skulls. (laughs) Not like today. Because now I'm one, two, three, four, five, six, seven or eight real... Not nine, nine, and mm. vampire hunting kits, and uh, taxidermy snake skin, and it looks like a piece of Egyptian something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lots of interesting things. Yes, this is what's in uh, the basement at Count Warlock's Nightmare Gallery. This is something that I've been curating for some time to uh, eventually be the backdrop to some uh, small private tours. Which they can come and take. Yes, they can. It will be something that people will, it's very small, very exclusive, um, only because the number is eight people per tour, and I'm only going to be doing them on Saturdays, uh, at most two or three 
on a Saturday. We have the very first one coming up <clears throat> this coming Saturday, the 13th. And uh, then after that, uh, hopefully the next Saturday, maybe one or two, depending on how the first one goes. So while they're listening to this in the throes of October, if they're keen, they can they can come and, and see where we're sitting now. I'd say check the website okay. to see if that if it's even available. Um, and if it uh, if it is, book it right away if they're interested. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Might I also add that we got to walk past a couple coffins on the way in here. But those little things. Just those little <laughs> things. Those are real. I'm assuming they look yeah. real. Yeah, yes, yeah. They're yeah. real. Used? Pre pre used, pre owned. I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say. No. Um no, everything has a history. Nothing was um was buried <laughs> in the ground before I got it. But, but yeah, no, they're they are real. Uh some of them have bodies. Uh, it is it is all just for fun, <laughs> is what I tell people. It's a different people's measure of fun. Yes. I yes. would love to be a fly on the wall in this space when you start bringing people in, because I know the look on my face was priceless. So <laughs> I will say, you know, I, I think I, I said this before to you all, but um, my son, who is three, just turned three, uh, Max, he loves the museum, loves wandering around, loves looking at the statues, knows they're all statues. He loves going to the museum and daddy's work. And even loves this hallway over here, you know, with the coffins and the monsters and the it loves, then there's a far room over there with uh, even scarier group of just discombobulated mannequins and things that will be actually on that tour. Um, but when it comes to this room, he avoids it like the plague. And he... He won't even come in. At least today he won't. Uh, a couple of days ago, not well, a couple of days, it was, I guess it was about a week and a half, he would come in and he was like, I want to leave. <laughs> Immediately. Immediately. Now, I think this is a, a the most comfortable room in the basement. I mean, I could... Chairs and a rug and things say, to look at. If there's a little bed, it was a lovely place to take a nap. Exactly. Jeffrey's referring to the child coffin off to his <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that little thing. Um, Just in, curl up, you know. Right, right. It is difficult to curl up in a coffin. Have you ever s sat in a coffin? Yes. Have you slept in a coffin? No. That's a that's a fun thing. When I was a teenager, um, I'd been collecting these strange things for a long time. Well, I'll go back a little bit. When I was a kid. The only thing I had that was a coffin, which was something that my parents bought me just to shut me up, was this cardboard uh, toe pincher coffin. It was cardboard, but there was it was a coffin, and I was so excited. I got it in the mail, and I put it together, but I put it together on my bed. And it's a cardboard coffin. I think I mentioned that. So I, when I sat in it, it, it just bent. <laughs> And I was so mad. And I thought, this is not how I'm supposed to feel in a coffin. Kind of clumsy and heavy and uh, bending the coffin. I was mad about it. So I did haunted houses as a teenager, and eventually I acquired a few uh, real caskets. And um, they were in the basement of my parents' house uh, through high school. And Your I'm, parents just let you keep them there? Yeah. My mom and dad slowly realized that this was something that I really wanted to do, and I, they tried to put me into athletics and realized I was not an athlete at all. So they decided, sure, we'll let him do this, and he did haunted houses. I did haunted houses all through high school and in uh, junior high. So these were parts of the haunted house. They were props. So they were, there was one 
that was a long mahogany casket right in front of a sink in the basement. And it was new to me. And uh, I decided to get in it and close the lid. I wake up some other time, some time later, to my mother, who had lifted the lid, been horrified that I was sleeping peacefully <laughs> in this coffin. She was waking me, rousing me oh from my God. slumber. Say, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. What are you doing? What are you doing? And I guess my brother had come home from uh, tennis something or other, and and uh, they were looking around for me. And they, they couldn't find they you. Couldn't find, they couldn't get in, so they had to ring the bell, and she was taking a nap. And uh, So she got up, and where's, where's, where is he? Where is he? And they looked all around. They looked every place, and they, pla- they passed the coffin many times. And they, they said, no, oh, he wouldn't be in there. <laughs> and they decided that that was the last place they could look. And so they opened the lid, and there I was very peacefully asleep. Oh my god. High school was hard. I think I was a <laughs> freshman. And I I was sleepy and uh and yeah. this was comfy and there it was. It's like the best way to get away from people it sounds like. They Literally. won't they won't bother you. Yeah. Unless they will bother you. Unless they know it's your hiding place. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That was the first and unfortunately the last time, but I I'm I'm sure I'll slumber in one again. Someday. Someday. I, now I want to get in a coffin. We could probably. There's there's coffins around town. There's, yeah. there's a few down the hall, and there's a few more. We that'll can be accommodate. That'll yeah. be a goal before the end yeah. of the year. Yeah. But so I, I guess that's like a good predicator to why did you start Count Orlock's Night from the man who sleeps in a co- slept yes. in a coffin. Yes. So uh, tell us a little bit about what you do here or what you have here. So this is. Um, Count Orlock's Nightmare Gallery is a horror museum. It's like a wax museum for horror fans. Uh, many different monsters all throughout the museum, uh, starting more or less at the beginning of film and then going more or less to sometime uh, recent uh, uh, recent films. We always say everything from Nosferatu to Freddy, Jason, zombies, aliens, werewolves, the whole nine yards. And people usually hear those words, understand that it's monsters, and if they're monster fans, they come in. I don't have to plug the place further um so that's what it is that's what it is this ended up being um and we opened in 2007 down on derby street so i must confess that this was one of my first ever experiences here in town my dad moved here in like 2010 and parents were divorced and we had to come spend a couple weeks out here in the summertime dad asked to find something to do with the kids so he would take us to the witch museum all the the staples and then he's like you want to go check out these life-size monsters and i'll be honest i was it took me until maybe middle school to watch <laughs> horror movies regularly so i was a little uneasy about all of it and i didn't have the same appreciation that i do now having seen The Shining, having seen all the Halloweens. I just watched Friday the 13th for like the first time last week. Don't judge me, but I'm making my way through. But now as an adult, it's really cool. But even as a kid, it was just such a neat experience, unlike anything I had ever, ever seen. So, and this is actually my first time. Us recording today is my first time being in your new space. So I can't even wait to like, after we're done here, I'm going to go through and yeah, check everything out. Yeah. The museum was something that, that came to me because I was doing a traveling show for the years before 2007. Um, 
I had stopped doing what I was doing, which is haunted houses. I did haunted houses from the, let's see, the mid-90s. Um, I did th- three at Belcourt Castle. I think I was telling Jeffrey I worked at Belcourt for a while uh, in Newport, Rhode Island. I did 99, 2000, 2001, and then I left Belcourt to do some other thing. But 2001 I was the last real haunted house that I did. And it was a haunted house. It was scare actors and things. And I would incorporate my collection into the haunted house. In 2004... Um, I was I went to the Spooky World auction. I don't know if you remember yes. Spooky World in Berlin, Massachusetts. Nightmare New England now. Nightmare New England now. Um, but it was owned by uh, a couple of guys, and one of them passed away, and they were auctioning everything off that year um, at this particular event that I, I went. And so uh, I stood there and didn't bid on anything, and I talked to my friend who was the creative director there, and he says, you know, if you want to do something with your collection, my friend is doing, like, the next version of Spooky World. And it's going to be the Boston Bayside Expo Center. I'm like, really? He says, yeah, yeah, I'll mention your name to him, and you can get in on the ground floor. It'll be fun. And so I put together something called the International um, Monster Museum for that show in 05, 06. And then I stayed doing that for 07. But at the same time, in that time, I was getting sick of the traveling show, and Boston is a bear to get in and out. So I said uh, to the owner and to my friend, who is also still involved, I said, is there a permanent place we could put this stuff? Because I, I, like, my dad's getting older, and he's helping me lugging coffins from place to place. Right, the the pack in and pack out. Yeah, like, how much stuff did you have to... It was not as much as you see upstairs, I can tell you that, but maybe uh, 20 characters or so, plus, plus props that they come in, that yeah. sort of thing, coffins and things. Um, and also probably things would get damaged and... I was pretty lucky, okay. you know. I mean, there's always the bump in the, in the right. you know, there's something that happens. But but in that time, I was I was just lucky. But I, I will say, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the chore of it, you know, getting, uh, never having a permanent setup. So I said, is there a place... And he says, uh, the owner of who owned the rights of Spooky World at the time says, I have a place in Salem. It's called the Museum of Myths and Monsters. Um, and this goes way back. And I said, oh, okay. So he says, come up, come up to my place and see what you think. So I did, and it was on the wharf. And I got to see his uh, location, which was somewhere between a museum and haunted house. And it was interesting. Uh, it was not very big. Um, but he says, you know, if I did this, you can do this. I said, oh, no one's ever put it to me like that before. So I said, okay, let me, uh, let me talk to my parents. My parents were, um, I didn't, I lived in Newport at the time. My parents lived in Jamestown. And I said, you know, I, this is going to be a big leap. I, I want to, I want to do it though. I want to, I was very ready to leave my job. I was a concierge at, at the Viking Hotel in Newport. I loved it, but that was—it was four years, and I was so burned out. Um, What a switch to make! Not much of one, let me tell you, because people still ask for recommendations. Oh yes, that probably helps a lot. And I always say hospitality is in my bones um, because I—I've worked in hotels since I could start working, and anyway, so I ended up uh, just taking the big leap of faith. My parents thought it was a good idea; sounded like a good idea. And so, uh, 
it's a small family business. That's what this still is. Um, we opened that location in 2007 on 287, 285 Derby Street. And uh, we didn't know how long it was going to last. I signed a year lease, a year. And I never, ever talked about it with the landlord after that. And uh, in 2000, was it, it must have been 2016, my husband Mark always tells me, just don't tell people dates. No one cares about dates. But for some reason, that's how I categorize it in my head. In 2017, my landlord said to me over there, I'm thinking about doing something different with the building. We're not sure we'll have a place for you in, in that time. Sometime next year. I'm like, oh. He had no idea. This is, his name is Tim Clark. I should probably thank him for what he ultimately did, uh, which was kick my ass out <laughs> of there. I was very, very comfortable. Um, we had always had a great rapport. But he wanted to do something different with the building, and I just wasn't part of that plan. So I said, okay, I either have to wait until he decides what he's going to do, and maybe or may not, I maybe I can stay, or I can just find a different spot. This was <clears throat> vacant for maybe six months. Um, and so I I looked at the sign saying, you know, inquire. And so I called, and, um, and we got it. And we signed the lease in October of 2017. And we are here, and we will be here for a while. So right, that, that's, right on the main drag. Yes. I always said, if I want to move, I have to move to a better location. This is much better. Uh-huh. Much better. And uh, this is 15 years. Happy birthday. Is that, did I, did I do yes. that math right? 15 years in Salem. There we that's go. That's right. That's well, fabulous. Congratulations. Thank you. And five, five years here? Uh, three. Three on the edge of four. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Clearly, I, yes. So I, Is it five years? Two. No, you're right. You're right. Oh. <laughs> 20, 2017? You can't be right. The end of 2017. End of 2017. Uh, but the pandemic, it just messes it all yeah, up. It yeah. really does. It yeah. really does. And also, I'm not very good with math anyway. Yeah. So Happy birthday regardless. Thank you. You're welcome. Cheapers, <laughs> time flies, huh? Yes. Wow. So did the move give you a chance to expand the collection? Yes, yes. Well, I've never, never stopped adding. From 2007, I said, this is what it is, but it's going to add over the years, and so we've made it a point to add three to six new characters every single year. Oh my God, that's great, because then people, when they come back, they can see new things that they haven't right. seen before. That's so cool. And we're very lucky. We do have a lot of people that come back year after year, sometimes several times a year, which wow. is really just amazing. Um, and so we give the people what they want. We give them more monsters. And this year was different because I wanted to do something with this space and we were trying to figure out how and what and this is what we landed on and I think people really enjoy it. I think so too. Yeah. It's a really neat place and like so often people are like what's what, what do you do and sit like what's the bet what would you recommend where would you go and you know I I'm like I can't tell you what you're interested in. Right. Like if you like first period architecture and you know English literary history Check out the House and Get Seven Gables and Scarlet Letter. Uh, you know Nathaniel Hawthorne, these sorts of things. If that is not up your alley at all, don't go there. If you like horror movies, come here. If you don't, come here anyway. But <laughs> right, right. Yeah. it's one of those cool places that you're like you don't really quite realize what's inside until you you walk through. Right. It's we like to keep it a surprise. 
we tell people, we give people all the clues on all of the literature and on the sign outside. We say Monster Museum. People will still always have uh, a question about that. Is it a haunted house? No, it is a monster museum. I have to answer this question a lot. Will they move? No, <laughs> it is a museum. Now, I understand sometimes things move in museums, but we don't because that would make it into a haunted house. Right. So... It's a museum. So we say it's like a wax museum for horror fans. So that usually kind of covers it and under, people understand. And then, of course, then there's the explainer because we always have to explain if people have further questions. They say, oh, so it's wax. Well, it's not, it's not <laughs> wax because wax is, is a great media, but it's, it's pretty brittle and it doesn't generally last perfect for a long time. Um, so it's... It, they're all made by people who work in film and television, so they use their materials, silicone, latex, resin. really depends on who the artist is, and there's over 35, 40 different artists in the collection now. Would it be safe to say that wax is a little bit outdated when it comes to those types of museums? When it comes to those types of museums, yes, because many of these types of museums, which there are now a few uh, around the country, uh, they're not using wax. If, if it's a monster museum, mostly monsters, that sort of thing, they're usually, uh, usually using those materials, silicone, latex, resin. Um, wax is great, but it really doesn't age very well. And there's, I can count on one hand the amount of people that I know that, that actually work with wax and, and restoration right. of wax figures. One hand. And I'm on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so you think I'd know more, but I really don't. I just know one person, and he's great at what he does. But I don't want to do that. That's never been the, the direction of the collection. If I can get it made out of silicone, um, then I'm... I'm sure to have a better product for a longer period of time. Do you happen to have a favorite? I know this is a very difficult question to answer possibly um, because your collection is large and vast and ever-changing. <laughs> Do you have a favorite piece in here? Very difficult question to answer and one I get asked a lot and I'm always unprepared. So We sent you these questions like this. <laughs> was that included? I hope that was included. Yes, I, okay. think, I think that's on. You had at least at least like 24 hours. So here's the thing. My favorite is always the newest, right? And uh, because it's like a new toy, they're all kind of toys okay. to me. Um, so one of my favorite has to be uh, Reverend Kane from Poltergeist 2, who I keep very close to me. He's right behind the front desk. So he's there when I want to chat. I love um, it. Yeah, and it's also one of my favorite all-time horror movies as well. Polar so I, I was going to say that was another question: is is with all the stuff up here and your your vast amount of knowledge when it comes to the is there? Can you be like, yes, that is my favorite? That would be probably one of my quintessential favorites because it's something that I've I've always wanted. This particular sculpture is by an extremely talented person that kind of showed up and in his. Uh, surprisingly few years in the industry he's managed to nail likenesses, really beautiful work and he produced only a few of these pieces and I had to buy this um, off another collector who I uh, had met along the way and um, because you can't buy them from him he's just not making mm -hmm. them at the moment, he's too busy He's, I think he works with Slipknot oh, um, like you do so he's like, he's producing things for them on tour. All of their stuff. Faces. I guess, yeah. Yeah, sure. I'm not really sure what they do. I know that they're a band. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Um, I hope people don't have a problem with that. <laughs> I'm old. I like other things. 
But is, is that going to also, cor- your favorite piece going to correspond to your favorite movie? Or For is- that, it does. I, okay. It's one of my favorite movies. I'm always finding favorite movies that I like more. Um, but Poltergeist 2, is, it just ticks so many boxes for me. It's about uh, ghosts and poltergeists. And, of course, Reverend Kane was such an interesting part. I think it probably goes back, your favorite horror movie often goes back to who you were when you discovered it. I didn't discover it as an adult, but as a teenager, maybe a tween, um, I was fascinated with this character played by Julian Beck. And uh, he did such an amazing part, uh, 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 a job playing this part. He passed away just after they wrapped the, the production, though. And then in the third one, they replaced him with an actor that looked nothing like him and made him up to look like a cartoon version of himself, which is so confusing. Um, but yeah, it's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. I like the first one too, but the second one is featuring this actor who I think is great. But I also like uh, another sequel in the 80s called House 2. Have you seen that? House? House. I have not. I recommend it. Um, what about the first one? First one is great. It's with William Cat. He does a nice job. Um, he's in this haunted house and nothing is quite as it seems. There's a few other people in that movie. Let's see who else. Uh, not John Ratzenberger. He's in the second one. Is he in the second one? Yeah, he is. Uh, but uh, the guy who, the other guy from Cheers, Norm, the guy who played Norm. He's, he's in. He's in the first one. <laughs> so William Cat, who's the greatest American hero, and Norm, um, they play neighbors, and uh, they're they're both. You know, eventually Norm joins him. They're trying to figure out this this house and what it what it does and why it does it. Whatever. Anyway, so the house too has more parts, and there's more things in it um i I won't divulge the plot but it's that's a little confusing to divulge to to talk about anyway but you'll just have to see it i'm i'm gonna watch it tonight i'm curious (laughs) you should i have a tour but after that i'll i'll turn it on see although i have to finish some other stuff but house two Mm -hmm. see the first one see the second one i can't remember the third one i'm sure there was one but i don't remember it speaking of ghosts Obviously, you are in a very old building. You are surrounded by a lot of creepy stuff. Mm. And down here, I'd say a lot of um, macabre stuff. Mm. Do you Are you a believer in ghosts? And have you experienced anything inside this space? I am a believer. Um, I've never experienced anything of note within this space. Um, okay. However, the, the second uh, day, we were in operation someone came to me who claimed to be psychically sensitive, and they said, someone near the exit to the museum, the door between the gift shop and the museum, someone is there. <clears throat> and I said, oh, okay. They said, and they can't wait to start mischief. Ah, and I said, oh, yeah, I just okay. got chills. <laughs> you're, like, yeah, you're like, in my museum? Like, yeah, <laughs> really? Oh. And then... Uh, and then a couple of weeks later, someone said roughly the same thing, a whole different person. And I said, okay. I've never encountered that person. I don't spend a whole lot of time in that area. Um, so I can't say uh, that I've actually ever experienced what is for sure uh, someone from a different plane. Maybe... They thought they were going to start mischief, but found the place to be comforting and welcoming with all their monster friends. Yes, yes. Maybe maybe they, they had a change of heart. If, if it was just going to be some generic, you know, gift shop or they'd be like, oh, we're going to start knocking things off the shelves. But right. now they're like, oh, look, that's my old friend, 
whoever. Whatever. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that, it could be. It's hard to know, but uh, I will say, yeah, nothing, nothing specific. I, you, I did think that one one time uh, something happened, but it was just the heat coming on. Mm. Oh. Oftentimes, these things have yeah. explanations. I like the approach about the supernatural being investigate first for all possible explanations because there are many. And then if there are all of those fall apart, then possibly it's supernatural. But I think it, it I do believe in spooks, but I, I do also think that, that uh, occurrences are more rare than people generally yes. tend to think. Yeah, I would agree. We always joke about how we will be haunting the streets of Salem when so. it's all said and done because no. we have not experienced anything, but no. we spend too much time here. So I just I can't stand the people who are like, oh, my God, you've got to see this orb. <laughs> Look at all the orbs. Oh, my God. Look, my friend took a photo in the cemetery. And look, there's, there's oh, tree orbs right there. Tree orbs. And I'm yes. like, look at all those orbs. <laughs> that's, that's shocking that you found that on your... It is. Yeah. It's, and they come to me, and they tell me all about it. And I'm happy. Like, I'm, you know, I'll talk paranormal stuff. But orbs, I'm not sure I, I believe in orbs. It's because it's you run the nightmare. Yeah. 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 Has anyone inside, like going through the museum, ever claimed to have had some type of experience? I had one woman come up to me mid tour and she's she's holding her head and she's like, Did anyone like get hit in the head in this area? Like like killed? It's like, well, that is a very generic vague question. Yeah. Um there have been humans here for many thousands of years, and I'm sure someone at some point got hit in the head, right? Somewhere, somewhere. close to where we're standing. <laughs> but like, but I, you're I outside. couldn't, I couldn't, I, right? Yeah, we were outside. We were walking from one stop to another. We weren't even in like a scary, spooky space. We weren't by the the cemetery. We weren't by the witch trial memorial. I had just gotten done uh, telling a kind of comical stop along the tour and that's what she brought to me and I felt kind of bad because I, I I love the idea of ghosts like I am a believer but when people experience those types of things I am with you where I think there, there's got to be some explanation like maybe just go get some water yeah. or something. <laughs> you know someone was saying oh, look at this thing it fell off the shelf so many <laughs> things fall off the shelves in these ghost stories and I'm like man it's because things fall off of shelves sometimes. Check your shelf. Yeah. You know, things just do that. It's it's a shelf. I mean, you know. Especially in it, these buildings when things it, move so right. much. If it fell off the shelf and then flew around the room for an hour. <laughs> like, that would be At like, least you, you got to time it. Yes. <laughs> and then you got to pull out your phone and record it. I mean, you have all these times. But there's, like I said, I do believe, but uh, actual physical... Uh, photographic evidence is so so seldom a thing that we find, but that's okay. Anyway, get back to the so, topic at hand. So, so ghosts, you like poltergeist when we were talking about that. Is there something to you that makes, in, in like a horror movie, like makes a good monster? Well, uh, there has to be a little bit of mystery about it. There has to be a good backstory, um, some sort of reason, or even not a reason. Like like Michael Myers has a has a reason. Not really, <laughs> you know. Like he'll kill people, 
but he'll do it because of this one thing that may have happened in the first episode. And then, <laughs> but like, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to know the reason. But he's a killing machine. That's another thing that makes a good monster is he's an actual killing machine. He'll do it and he'll, he doesn't care who's in the way, they'll get it too. Um, I think that makes a good monster. Uh, when, you, when I saw, and I will confess, of course, I saw these questions beforehand, I started thinking about the Frankenstein monster, but he's not, he's like the anti-monster. He's a very sympathetic character. You feel for him. Yeah, he's, a, he's like a child lost, a very large child, scary looking with a flat head, but he is a child lost in the countryside and all he wants is to make a friend, which is, he does not make a good monster. Uh, but it is a quintessential monster movie, isn't it? But then we can also, you know, make the incredibly pedantic argument that the monster isn't the monster. Oh, of course. And the, but the people are the monsters. The people are real. But yeah. Yeah. And that not that the way anyway? Yes. I mean, I always, in my old location, the exit would be out onto the street, and occasionally I'd be there talking to people, and I say, and now for something scarier than anything you've seen before. Tourists. Reality. <laughs> and I'd open the door, and that's because that's, that's true. People are far scarier than monsters. Any monster anyone can conjure. That is that is very true. Mm. It harkens back to the, the murder episode we were just talking about. Uh, I was going to say it harkens all the way back to the Salem witch trials, oh, if we want to go all the <laughs> way true. back. It's true. But what with, a fitting with, place to yeah. say that. That's true. There we go. Mm-hmm. Speaking of tourists, do you have any crazy tourist stories? We all know what working in Salem in October is like, and you've done it for over a decade now. So yeah. I'm sure that you have had some wild experiences. So when we opened the museum in 2007, it was just a museum. And in 2008, I decided to convert it into a haunted house in October on the weekend evenings. So in the middle of the day, on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, we would stop tours, which is nuts, <laughs> spend 45 minutes to possibly an hour to convert the museum into a haunted house, which involved a lot of dumb things. Like, like we talk like actors and makeup and... That's exactly it. Oof. Yes, actors, makeup, animatronics, lighting. Um, it would take, uh, I'd say, roughly 45 minutes to convert the place from less of a museum to more of a spook house. So that was that was what we did. And we did it to get a crowd, and it worked. And we did that for nine years, from 08 to 20, well, I guess what, yeah, it's 2017. But the very beginning, um, we, we were learning as we, as we go. We have had some very unique experiences along the way, and... I don't know if any top this one that happened in either 08 or, or 09. Uh, it was the first year we were doing a haunted house. I was told you should get security for October. And so I hired this guy. Now, I don't know if this is all security or just this guy's company, but um, he could be there and he could call the cops for you. And he could stand in the way, possibly, of someone who wanted to hurt you. But he couldn't lay a hand on them. And uh, for liability purposes, and I said, okay, I found that out eventually because there was this one lady who came with her family, and they exited the haunted house in such a snit, um, yelling loudly at the people who were sitting at this information counter outside the museum. Probably one of them was my mother. 
<laughs> and she was just yelling loudly. And I said, "What's what's the problem?" And and I you know I think it was my mother. She's like, "This lady says that the haunted house scared her daughter." Well, good. Right. And I said, "Where's the daughter?" And the daughter was as tall as I was, standing over there, possibly taller. I'm not saying height is a factor in how scared you should be, but she wasn't a little girl. You know, uh-huh. she wasn't a five-year-old. You probably old. expected, like, young I did. child. I uh, Child. And uh, certainly our goal is not to scare uh, little kids. We did. But to scare the adults, that's what we wanted to do. And I always said, if the kids are scared, they're probably going to be scared anyway. But scare the adults. Aim at the adults. So that was the policy. And we happened to scare the daughter who, like I said, was over there. Not looking particularly disturbed by the whole thing, and I said that's their job. And but she was she wouldn't actually let me get a word in edgewise. When I say she was yelling, she was yelling so loudly, and not even really taking a break to breathe. <laughs> and eventually, I called the security guy over. I said, I don't know what's going. On. She's just yelling, and she was yelling at him in his face. Oh and he was my just God. taking it, and I'm like, I'm looking at the whole scene. I'm like, what is going on? This is at the front of the museum, so it was causing a scene at this point. And I mean, the the din of the of the people who are waiting to get in is one thing, and this lady was waiting on the waiting and wailing on the other side and I was just looking at the whole scene it was just so bizarre and then she kind of paused to breathe and said I came here from California because on the phone you said Michael Jackson What? <laughs> which we all just had to take a beat and we're like so had, how long had she been yelling I'd say about eight to ten minutes <laughs> <laughs> You can never get those eight to ten minutes back. <laughs> never. It's, it's just never. I, what did she? And oh, I, I didn't, my I, We God. all just went, what now? Excuse me? We said, what? <laughs> you said Michael Jackson on the phone, and we came from California. Wait, they came. They thought they were going to see Michael Jackson? To this day, right now, in August, whatever day is, in 2022, I still have no Fucking idea, excuse my language, what this lady was talking about. I don't know what we, we, I think if we thought we weren't in danger, we might have asked exactly what she was talking about, but we just wanted her out of there because she was loud and obnoxious and clearly disturbed. That's um, great. What, what, what did the daughter? Didn't say anything, quiet the whole time. She was about like 15 feet away. Uh, just watching her silently mother. Silently brooding. Yeah, I don't know. It was bizarre. And so the mother left and the whole their whole crowd left. And as they were peeling out on Derby Street uh, in the large white, uh, oh, I don't know, it's some sort of SUV, they were yelling out the window. <laughs> and we just like waved and laughed because it was such a bizarre interaction. Um, that's one of the, the more crazy things that have happened just in October. But you know, I say that. Strange stuff happens all the time. Not as much since we've moved up to Derby, uh, up to Essex Street for some reason. We've Thank goodness less. for you. Yeah, but we also closed the opportunity for strange things to happen. Because now it's just the museum. There's no... Right. And so the opportunity for something truly bizarre or for someone truly disturbed to come in, um, they have to leap over several hurdles uh, to get in at this point, definitely in October. Another time I... down there where my assistant... Uh, who's working the front desk instead of I, and he wanders around the museum. and He sees a guy has his arm up to his elbow 
in the fly of John Carradine. Did... Yeah. Oh. And Chad was like, what, what are you doing? What? <laughs> Get your hand out of there. What the? He, like, yeah. okay. Molesting the mannequin? Unzipped the mannequin's uh, zipper and the pants and put his hand in up to his elbow, trying to feel for God knows what. Mannequins don't have any private parts. <laughs> so so this, this strange person was like, said, you know, oh, I was just trying to figure it out. Figure what, what out? And Chad was like, get out, get out. It's, you know, because the rule, of course, the course, the rule every single time, don't touch anything because you're in a museum. And uh, no photos. That's a whole other thing. But this guy was just trying to feel up poor John Carradine. He's, he's turning it into a, into a ventriloquist. I um, guess. <laughs> Possibly. That's the, the things some people do, just like how, why would you... I, I've had people like move, you know, like you have the little um, ropes to like block yeah. off. I've seen people undo the rope and like go behind the counter. Yeah. You're like, what are you? Wait, what? Why? Yeah. why? Why do you think the rope is there? In, in what yeah. world? Yeah. Is that? It's forgivable in a child. But in, a, but in an adult, they have to be, they have to be chastised. And I, I'm not afraid of doing that. We do that. I'm. I don't work here as much as I did. I'm very lucky in that I have this amazing assistant, Cliff, who makes staying home very easy. Um, but we both have to go through the museum at least once a shift. Him probably more because he pays closer attention uh, to tell people not to do what they're doing because people, not everyone can behave themselves in a museum, which is sad, but that's the way of it. Uh, all you, too common you, you need you need like those um have you ever seen uh what's like my second favorite movie it's just not in my head at the moment pierce brosnan oh wow mrs doubtfire yeah is the only one i can think of oh my goodness is it james bonds no oh my gosh why am i in the museum and he's the art thief oh i don't know I probably haven't seen it. Oh, it's absolutely wonderful. Okay. It's, it's literally one of my favorite movies. All I'm of seeing. our listeners are screaming. I know. I'm feeling like an idiot right now. Well, you probably but, have to pause it and, and interject the, but, the name of the right? movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <we> but <laughs> that. in the museum scene, and I think it's the the mat, so it's in New York, uh, there's a, a, a thief incident and the alarm goes off. And like all these sort of docents of the museum who seem like, you know, calmer, older men, and, you know, they're very helpful. All of a sudden, they whip out these batons, and they just, like, go to town on the people, like, still, like, like running through. And they become, they go from, like, the quiet security to, like, a very hands-on security very quickly. And you're like, whoa, yeah. whoa, yeah. where did, where did, you need that. You need, like, to get the batons out and just start, like. Well, I would love to just stab people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because well, it's, then, then it you is get pretty the infuriating. Yeah. Um, I, not stab them fatally. Just, oh, just oh. get them. Just, <laughs> just poke at them with something sharp, uh, just Don't to get them to that. move along. Because the funniest thing is when you're when you're uh, when you're approaching someone who's not looking at you, because they're looking at something that they're going like that with. Um, Thomas Crown Affair. Sorry. Oh, thank you for they're... that. <laughs> uh, they don't look at you because you, if you say excuse me, they do one of these. They don't want to make. They don't want to make the they eye don't contact. Make eye contact. They <laughs> turn their heads. They sometimes book it, which is the funniest reaction I have seen. And I'm like, where are you going? I've seen you. I know who you are. This isn't that big a space. I can follow you. You know, like, why? Why are you doing what you're doing? And then, 
and then you're not saying, oh, I'm so sorry, I, for I forgot, because that's another popular excuse. The majority of the people that come through the museum are great people. They are fans, and they know how to conduct themselves, but occasionally they're not. That's, that's always the way of, of things. So crazy tourists aside, what would you say is your favorite thing about Salem? Nightmare Gallery. Uh, of course. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a favorite thing that's not yours? Oh, uh, <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, and this is going to sound cheesy, but I've I've actually had a lot of friends here. I've met a lot of wonderful people. So I guess it's the people. Aww, okay, I where, love that. Yeah, where I live, um, I've lived there for seven years, and I love my neighbors, but I don't know a whole lot of people beyond my little bubble. Um, and it's in the city, a place that we've never lived in. I don't have anyone near us at all. So uh, Salem is, I, just, I would say the home away from home, but it's really more of a place I want to be if I'm going to be social. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, there's a lot of people here that I know and truly authentically like in the business district and the people that we know. So yeah, it's the people. Salem is filled with good people. That's one of my favorite things is like whenever I go pretty much anywhere, whether you're just like out grabbing coffee or out to eat, you always see someone and you stop to chat and whatever else. And yes. it's such a small town too. We see right. the same faces yeah. right. and we're all in this together. Yes. So you got yes. that camaraderie. Yeah. Yeah. I really do like it that way. So we've been asking everyone uh, who we've been interviewing because Salem is the iconic witch city. So who is your favorite witch or wizard? Well, uh, my favorite witch, I have, I have a few that I really enjoy. Um, but my favorite witch is Meg Mucklebones from Legend. Oh. Do you remember the Swamp Witch? Yes. I'm from oh. Legend? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Before you were born, probably, 1985, oh. there was this wonderful... Have you ever seen Legend? Tom I Cruise <gasps> movie, which oh also starred God. Tim Curry. Tim Curry is the devil with the whore. Yes, and <gasps> Mia Sarah and okay. um, uh, a bunch of other people. And if you, if you like unique movies, this is one. It's a fantasy film. I won't tell you anymore, but Meg Mucklebones is a character in it, and she's terrific. One, qu I, one question. Is it animated? No. No. Oh, okay. It is practical effects, and it is, it is great. Well, I'll watch House 2, and mm -hmm. then I'll watch that. We, I, I might have to have you over. We can, we can watch that. That's one of my... I absolutely love Legend. I don't think... I probably knew she had an... I don't know if I knew that. Like, I know the character... I don't know the name. Yeah, Meg. Oh, okay. That's a that's a very we've had a lot of a lot of answers. That is very unique. Oh, good. So there you go. Good job. Which yeah. I which I would expect from. Well, she's you know. up there too. Yes. Yeah, she's yeah. in the museum. Another question that we have been asking all of our guests: Do you have any advice to give? And this can be Salem related, general life related, <laughs> business related, monster related, anything. All, anything. All of the above. All the above. I, I will stick to the subject, and I will say, in terms of Salem, when you're planning a trip, plan. <laughs> Don't wing it. Do <laughs> certainly leave spaces where you can just free activities, free time, whatever. But um, especially if you were coming during October when, let's face it, most people visit, don't wing it. Plan ahead. Look to see what you want to do. Um, 
and a lot of people do this, but I will say not not as much. Still have people who are like, "What else is good?" <laughs> um, but in October, things fill up. So, what's good to do? Go on to TripAdvisor. Find out what people like. If it has a lot of stars and a lot of people who like it, do that. If it looks interesting to you, avoid the things with not a lot of stars. <sighs> and there are things that don't have a lot of stars that people do anyway. That people do anyway because which is in this is in the title of the building, and uh, and they go well must be good, and they wander in and ignore all of the 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 signs. I'd say. The red flags. The advice. The advice. And they do it, and uh, and they just don't get a great picture of Salem. You know? They don't. So so ignore that stuff and do the stuff that people like. And certainly there's plenty of things that are, are, are good, but you can find out about them on TripAdvisor, which is, I think, the more legit site to, to go to. Or, or there's also Facebook groups that people talk about in the... What to do in Salem is one of them, uh-huh. um, where people share their advice and their lists of things to do all the time. I would say definitely go there. Now, sorry. You, well, I was just going to then ask you, so this is on all those lists. These are all the things you can do. How would someone get here? If well, they, w- they want to come to the Counterlocks Nightmare Museum, what do they have to do? Well, get in their car okay. or <laughs> get on a plane. I don't know. What are you asking, what? Jeff? Okay, let me, better question. For our listeners that are interested in visiting, what's the best way for them to get to you to get tickets? Okay. Are you, are you? <laughs> so it's just me. I wasn't understanding. Sorry. No, 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 no. no. That, you it, gave it, that in a very. It's definitely. How do they get big. here? <laughs> it, it is my inability to, to articulate and communicate. It is 100% my fault. So to get to Nightmare Gallery, just go to nightmaregallery.com and Go to tickets and find the day that you want to come and find the time that you want to come and get your tickets. Uh, they are, uh, it's pretty easy to do online. Um, if you're coming outside of October, it is not necessary that you get them usually, but it is always better to be safe. Just in case. Just in case. Because there's a possibility that we won't have room and we'll always th- take the people who have tickets uh, before the people who are walk-ins. Um, but in October, it is absolutely necessary that you book your, your tickets ahead of time. Um, people often ask, are we lenient on the time? So we pick a 4 o'clock time to come in. Can, if we're here at 4.30, doesn't matter. Try to stick as close as you can to the time and be here about 15, 10 to 15 minutes prior. Um, if you're here too early, you have to get out of line. If you're here too late, that's fine. But don't be too late. You know what I mean? Try to yeah. get here as close as you. Sometimes it can't be helped. We'll try to get you in as close to the time as possible. Uh, we'll never say no if you have tickets. You, you also typically have a line around the corner. We do. So, all day long. I yeah. see it. All day. But we've, we've managed to keep it shorter since the pandemic started. I will say the pandemic was a horrifically awful thing that happened to us. But many businesses were able to shift how they do things. And the way that we shifted is definitely better. We don't have people just waiting willy-nilly to sometime get in in the next hour or two anymore. That's a long time to wait. and I wouldn't want to do that. Unless there's a ride at the end of the line that I'm waiting in, I'm not going to do it. People were doing it. People it, were doing it. And I, I love that people will wait in line, and I will I will always be happy that they are here. It's not something I'm, temper- I'm really uh, tolerant of. So um, the... 
time tickets have has really slimmed down that that possibility. So most people have to wait in line is twenty minutes. That's, well, that's not bad. Usually, yeah, that's yeah. great for yeah. October. Yeah, so. we get them in pretty quickly. And I, I remember. I mean, I'll see it again in October. You know, coming by, and you're always usually outside, like chatting to the people mm. and hanging out, which is pretty neat too. Evidently, I'm the only person who can monitor lines. I, it's a, it seems to be a skill, but that's also cool because like they come here to see all this stuff and they get to talk to you for a minute. It's fun. So I love talking to people. As you've been talking to us. Yes. yes. Uh, so we'll put, uh, as with everyone else, the, the links to the, the company and the bio uh, in the show notes, and they can go and they can click on that. They can get it through your website, and they, there's also a gift shop. And yes. and just real quick, because this is going to be coming out in October, so A, you know, pay attention, listen to all the rules. Are you going to be closing after that? So we remain open through through the end of December. Okay. We're just open on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. November and December, just, okay. just on weekends, including Friday, until the end of December, and um, that's the way that's the way we've always done it. Except, well, we didn't actually even open in December down on Derby Street, so December is a new addition. When some and then January, we're closed January, February, March. Okay. Excuse me, no, I'm sorry, no January, February. We open in March, so we're really only closed two months. Okay, I'm sorry, I do know the schedule. I have that, that was not in the, the prompted list of questions. So Even if it was, I probably would have forgotten, <laughs> you know, how it is. So weekends only uh, in the slower seasons mm-hmm. and every day in the busier seasons and very busy, busy in October. Yeah, check our website, nightmaregallery.com, just to make sure. Or if you want, you can call us. We pick up the phone. That's a unique thing these days i know wow if if nothing else someone can use the telephone use the telephone people don't often especially in salem yeah Mm. well thank you so much james for taking the time out of your busy schedule and sitting down with us today the pleasure was all mine i had a wonderful time thank you for coming to vault macabre oh yes so we do the vault macabre we'll also link this as well yeah yeah do it do it this is a a wonderful little space. Brand new room opening here in the basement of Count Orlock's Nightmare Gallery. Well, yes. technically by the time this airs, it'll already be open. So, right, right. And, and you do kind of have to walk down like a secret tunnel to get here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We found the tunnels. <laughs> Spoiler alert. We found the tunnels, guys. No question. Okay. Uh, with that said, again, uh, thanks a lot. We appreciate your time. And thanks for listening. See you later. Thank you.